welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. With us today, uh, we've got sound engineer, Tom. Check one, two. Check one, two. And I believe the doctor is here somewhere. I can't see him. We're usually zooming on these things, and I don't see him. So I think he's hiding somewhere, but I, I hear him every so often in my ears. So, Doc, are you here? I'm here. Aloha. All right. Very good. He's, he's going low, low profile today. LP. And Joe is still in line at the voting booth. He, correct. He is still trying to get into that voting booth. Uh, unlike us, who I think most of us voted by mail, Joe does it the old-fashioned way, <laughs> as you would expect Joe to do it. Thanks for tuning into our show. We're lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, beer mecca within a beer mecca. We're friends who love sharing beers and telling stories, so we made it a podcast. Thanks for listening, and we ask you to please share our podcast with your beer-drinking friends. Yeah, and please follow us on social media. I, I like beer the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, on Twitter. I like beer the Po one, and on, I like beer the Ta one. Uh, visit our website. Take a look at some of the photos from field trips we've had this year. I like beer the podcast.com and just make sure hey, download, get your friends to download, get your family to download um, <laughs> and, and like and give us some comments in terms of uh, you know what, what we're doing out here. Yeah, keep listening, sharing, liking, following, subscribing, commenting, and send us a message when you have a question or suggestion for us. You can message us on social media or shoot us an email. I like beer the podcast at gmail.com. It is our election day episode. And who's voted? Tom voted? I did. Towns voted? Voted many. I don't even know how long ago I voted. I voted the first possible moment you could vote because I heard that the, the post service was going to shut down. So I was I actually was ready to get the Pony Express going. I was going to have them deliver it <laughs> by horse. Um, but yeah. Same here. Said so day arrived. I filled it out, took a picture of it, sent a picture of my ballot like I always do to certain people to say, tell me how to vote. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if they do, but I have a group of people that add, Doc, you're on that list sometimes. I send you yeah. my ballot. Yeah. You get your sent in, Doc? Of course. Sent it in, mailed it, bam, bam. Bam, bam. And we'll sit and wait. Now it's sit and wait time. And thanks to Sound Guy Tom, we're enjoying a, a special beer for this occasion uh, so we can toast our civic duty of voting. We are enjoying Russian Rivers Pliny for President. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, Pliny for President, double hopped version of the flagship Pliny the Elder double IPA. And I know when I posted pictures of this sometime back on social media, when they first arrived, I had a lot of people asking if I would share. <laughs> and I usually am very good at sharing. Not, not with, not with these. No, no, this is Pliny's fourth time running for president. He runs with the keg party, according to uh Russian river. <laughs> <laughs> it's first time in a can, the aroma on this beer just as you'd expect from a Russian River IPA, full of orange, grapefruit, peach, pine notes, got a stiff, foamy head even right out of a can. Got that yellow, light copper color, hop forward in the taste, but incredibly well balanced with the, yeah. the malt. And hands down to me, this is one of the best IPAs I've ever had. I would agree just from the balance standpoint. I, like I said, for a double IPA, it, it is so smooth and it's just a, a really good tasting beer. I think the thing that's amazing when you mentioned the thing when you put a can or you put a picture out of the can and everybody goes crazy. I feel like when you put something about from Russian River, especially Pliny or Blime, it's like beer porn. Like everyone goes crazy. Like I got to <laughs> yeah. get some of that. I got to get some of that. You know what I mean? And so and it's like, no, no, I'm keeping this for myself. And uh, yeah, so I think so, Tom, thanks very much for sharing a little bit with us. 
Well, you know, I like I liked it so much that that I wrote. You know, on your ballot, you can write in. I wrote in huh? planning for president. Actually, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking he'll probably get a lot of votes. I, he actually would probably more than Kanye. <laughs> well, you guys are very welcome. And on that note, what you're saying, Talon, about how popular it is. When I was there, I literally saw no less than six or seven guys walk out and gals walk out with cases. Uh, flats of planning for president. So he's a very popular candidate out there. So you never yeah. know. Well, and the thing that's amazing about that is anybody who's been to Russian River knows it's not cheap either. No, so it's not. They're, they're dropping a dropping a pretty dime it's there. It's so, not, yeah. but it was very popular. 8%, but not boozy. No. Medium bodied, incredibly well balanced. I, I prefer it over Pliny the Elder by quite a bit. To me, this is a five out of five Shawshank. I would 100% agree. For me, like I said, I'm not, I'll be the first to admit it. I'm not a first go to IPA guy. I'm becoming more and more of an IPA guy, but uh, I tend to lean more towards this, the citra, uh, you know, and, and citrusy IPAs. But this is, yeah. if I'm going to give a five to an IPA, it's going to this one. Of course, I'm still on the, the hazy chain. So yeah, I'm going for the, the hazy ales. Well, if you keep it in the can and close your eyes, it's pretty hazy. <laughs> <laughs> so are we going to Shawshank, gents? I believe so. Let's hit it. We sat and drank with the sun on our shoulders and felt like free men. Hell, we could have been tarring the roof of one of our own houses. We were the lords of all creation. Nice. Thank you, Mr. Freeman. Now, of course, we don't know the election outcomes yet, but we do want to celebrate the democratic process. For all its failings, it, it can work. And when we don't like what we have, we get to make a, make that clear with an election. And divided as we are as a country, I think most of us would agree that voting is our common denominator. Let us discuss, argue, complain, cheer, whatever, and then just go vote. Let's vote it out. Right. And with that in mind, it's time for Toast, Roast, and Pour One Out, Election Day Edition. Talent, you got some toast for us? I think the biggest thing I'm just going to toast is that, you know, hey, elections happen. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's rain, shine, heat wave, war, pandemic, uh, whatever it is, our democracy forges on and we will have, kind of like the Postal Service, we will forge <laughs> on and, uh, <laughs> and elections happen. Yeah, I'll toast to that. Cheers. 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 Still on the election topic, what about roasts? Well, I, I think for me, I, the first one I'm going to roast is uh, the Electoral College, because, again, I think it's a it's a pretty controversial subject nowadays, especially more, you know, and for those of you that have, uh, you know, live in a cave or never paid attention in your civics classes or your history classes in high school, uh, we don't really vote for the president. We, we vote for electors who then elect the president at a later date. And so that's kind of our system uh, that we've had really since the Constitution. Yeah, they didn't trust the commoner, man. What the hell? They don't trust exactly. us. Exactly. And they were protecting slave states, right? Yeah. The idea of it was was it was to basically kind of, you know, make sure that you it, candidates could appeal outside of a, a of large cities and that kind of stuff and it, and it gave states equal, you know, equal representation in terms of the vote. So, a, you know, a very populous state couldn't outvote a, a less populous state. But obviously that's somewhat antiquated when you're looking at uh, you know, 200 plus years or, you know, where we are now. I think in some ways, you know, if you look at opponents to it, they say, hey, it kind of negates that concept of one person, one vote. 
you know, where sometimes the majority uh, doesn't win the election. There's some crazy things about that voting process and all, you know, that fact that the Dakotas get twice as many senators as California. Yeah. Right. Figure that one out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in typical fashion, I decided to kind of do a little deep dive into the electoral college. And I, and I found out some things that you may know, but I didn't know most of these things and maybe you didn't know that. So I'll give you guys a couple of them and and get your opinions on these. Did you guys know that? So first of all, I I know that this has happened recently, but uh, on actual five occasions, the winner of the popular vote did not capture the presidency. So that seems kind of, kind of crazy when you think about it. And it's happened um, a couple of times in, in, in recent elections. Also, did you know that uh, most states have a winner takes all in terms of the electoral college, but there are two states that do not have that. So they can split their electoral uh, votes and that's uh, Nebraska and Maine. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then the other thing that happens is, is that electors actually don't technically have to vote as pledged. I think there's been a lot of legislature that now forces them to. But uh, the name of that, if you don't do that, you're called a faithless elector which I thought that was kind of cool. Makes Faithless sense. elector. So to keep them from going rogue and, and casting ballots for whoever. They, One of the few the things in politics that actually says what it is. Right. A faithless elector. Um, the other thing I thought that was kind of interesting, do you know that more constitutional amendments have been proposed to reform or eliminate the electoral college than on any other subject? And I didn't know that, but there's been a ton apparently. Really? That have, have, yeah. They, apparently there's been over 700 proposals introduced in Congress to reform or eliminate the electoral college. Uh, which is kind of crazy when you think about that, but somewhat probably it's it, it may be. And to think how many times it didn't happen. Yeah, that also means times. those are all the times that that a yeah. certain group said no thanks, we'll keep the electoral college. Right. Yeah, it works for us right now. And then I thought that was interesting. I guess you know where this idea kind of came from is that there was a similar electoral college that was used by the uh, Roman Empire, um, and so I think maybe that's kind of where some of this came from. So that was kind of very interesting. And then the other thing I thought was really interesting, because again, I, this is something I did not know and I would have thought it was, but words electoral college actually do not appear in the Constitution. So when you talk about, hey, it's, you know, in the, it isn't in the Constitution, Article 2 and the 12th Amendment just refer to electors. Um, and it says that the term electoral college actually didn't appear until about 1845. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well. If you're, you're listening to this while you're standing in line to vote, stay in line. Yeah. Still vote. Yes. <laughs> your, your local elections, it makes it, you know, all of it matters. It still matters. It all matters. Right. But for the presidency, the Electoral College is a bit of a, a mess and an antiquated program. Not a bit of an antiquated program. It's antiquated. But but don't get out of line. Right. And I still go back to that point as if you don't vote, you can't complain. So make sure you vote because then it gives you the right to complain. So True that. Yeah. If you don't like the results. You can throw gerrymandering right in there with the rest it, of them. Oh, I would 100% agree <laughs> with you on that. Gerrymandering is another thing that is... Uh... And while we are an educational podcast, we've got more to educate you on uh, as far as politics go soon. Let's not... We won't take that too much farther. There's a, That's a great roast, though, talent. Electoral college. It could be a poor one out for the uh, popular vote again. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, so off to pours. And since we don't know the outcome yet, I suppose we can go about this in two ways. We can pour one out for the Trump presidency, pop a cork for the Biden presidency, or we can pour one out for the popular vote one more time. I think that's that's a pretty good pour. <laughs> and I, I, you know, you're pre-recording this. You feel like, what if I get that wrong? I really don't think I will. I you won't. You've those, got it either yeah, way. I, I, think think you, I think you pretty much nailed it no matter what. I, I, I think that's a, <laughs> that's a fair bet. It's going to happen one way or the other. Friends, this has been... Toast, roast, and pour one out, Election Day edition. 
talent. I bet your research took you down some rabbit holes. Oh yeah, it always does. Uh, the internet's great for rabbit holes. <laughs> um, and uh, I thought so. I basically, I think the hardest part in doing that is condensing it down to to some of the highlights. So here's what I found about U.S. elections, um, and these were some of the highlights. And primarily, we're talking about presidential elections. You know, one of the first ones that came out to me, and I guess this is pretty obvious now, but election day was designated as the Tuesday following the first Monday in November back in 1845. And the reason why it was set that way is because they felt that farmers needed a day to get to the county seat to cast their ballots and didn't want to interfere with uh, with church on Sunday. So they oh. chose Tuesday. So that's, oh, that's why we have voting on Tuesday. I never knew that and just assumed it was, but it's really so that the farmers could get back and forth and didn't want to interfere with church services on Sunday. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Holy crap. Someone's going to win Jeopardy thanks to that. I, I Hey, that's the more you know. <laughs> I, I did also find this very interesting that actually in, in all of the elections we've had, only two presidents uh, have won 49 out of 50 states. I don't believe any president's ever won 50 out of 50. Um, and that was Reagan in, ni- in 84 and Nixon in 72. So it's, it's very usually is pretty contentious, uh, a, a lot of the elections. And the other one I thought, I didn't know this because I'm not a big Grover Cleveland fan. I don't know if any of you guys are here, uh, (laughs) uh, but Grover Cleveland uh, is the only uh, person who won two non-consecutive terms. Uh, So he was actually the 22nd and the 24th president. I did know that, but I am a bit of a Grover Cleveland fanatic. Yeah. I, I always knew that about you. Um, so, but most people aren't. And, and so that was, I found that kind of interesting. This one I thought was pretty kind of funny because it was really, I think this would be kind of how I would handle this, but that the democratic party started using the donkey as their symbol in the 19th century when Andrew Jackson was the nominee. So this is 1828 and his opponent called him a jackass. And so, you know, Mr. Jackson embraced it and he started using it on his campaign posters. And that's basically how it became kind of the symbol for the Democratic Party. So I thought that was kind of cool. You take someone kind of going after you and you you spin it to a positive. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Probably in one of the biggest mistakes ever, uh, 1948, Chicago Daily ran a a front page ad that declared Thomas Dewey the winner over uh, Harry Truman. And so Mr. Truman you know, basically held up that that paper the next day and at his victory appearance, Sean, because it said Dewey tr- defeats Truman. So talk about getting ahead of the the game there. They they made a big mistake there, much much bigger than the the La La Land kind of mistake. I think you see at the Oscars <laughs> that one year. So another one during 1800 presidential campaign, Thomas Jefferson, uh, he secretly hired a a person to attack his opponent, who was John Adams, uh, and and they would call Adams a I'm gonna get this right a hermaphroditical yes. character. Yes, because he neither had, wow. and this is quotes, the force of a man or the gentleness of a woman. Wow. So I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> you talk about slander back in the day. That was slander back in the day, I guess. Back in the day. Uh, yeah. Back, it was back a hermaphrodite. Yeah. It'd be inter- I don't know if you get away with that nowadays. Maybe you could. I don't know. I, this one actually would, kind of blew me away because I think, it, you know, obviously with where we were this year and, and where we were in the previous election. But do you know that the first woman to run for president was actually uh, Victoria Woodhull in 1872? Wow. So she actually ran and that was 50 years before the 19th Amendment, would, which gave women the suffrage, you know, or basically the right to vote. So I thought that was really interesting. And even more interesting that her running mate that year was Frederick Douglass, who was the first African-American ever nominated for vice president. So I did not know that. That's pretty amazing that that happened back in 1872. I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, and then at in all, actually, we've had over 200 women run for president in the United States, you know, most of them in minor parties and 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 that kind of stuff. But that's that's a that, I, that was something I didn't know. And that's not really people don't talk a whole lot about that. Wait, how old is Frederick Douglass then? Because I remember... It wasn't that long ago that President Trump was saying that that Frederick Douglass is up to some great things. 
He, I think he still is. Uh, yeah, I don't know what, how that works out. Maybe it's Frederick Douglass Jr. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Hey, good I'm going to go, go down my own rabbit hole here of how do we have a man who still thinks Frederick Douglass is alive as president. But I'm going to stop. Good living. Maybe and different drink, by the end of the day. He drinks a lot of this Pliny for president. I think <laughs> it has some very life-saving features in it and uh, qualities. So <laughs> a couple other, and these were kind of ones I thought were kind of really funny, was that 1872, uh, Ulysses S. Grant ran against a corpse because his opponent died <laughs> during the election. So obviously Grant won the election. So again, I know I don't want to be a spoiler there, but Grant won against the corpse. And then actually the first election to use a, a voting machine was in 1892, even though it had been invented much earlier, but people wouldn't use it because they didn't like the fact that they could wheel and deal for votes on the phone. So I thought that was kind of funny, you know, oh, like how, right. how they could wheel and deal. And um, my two favorite, here's my favorite. And then probably, I guess, the saddest fact. My favorite one was this, that George Washington, he blew his entire campaign budget on 160 gallons of liquor to serve potential voters. Now, that's a president ah, to me right there. I, yeah, mean, he he, just threw he, I mass- missed of a verb there. He didn't blow it. Yeah, he, he did. Tri- <laughs> yeah, that's yes. a, he spent a wonderful entire, contribution. Yeah, he spent. But I mean, that's a man that he knew how to party. He's like, I got this much money. We're just going to yeah. buy a, we're buying beer for our alcohol for everyone. And we're going there. So I thought that was brilliant. We should toast that. Yes. Toast. But then we should also <laughs> roast this because the other thing I saw, and this is sad and this is something to roast, is that the United States apparently is ranked 139th out of 172 countries in voter participation. So oh, come on, people. Man, uh, that, that is definitely a stat that we should not be proud of. That's going to change tonight. That's going to change. Let's hope so. But I, I, I feel that's pretty sad. We kind of take things for granted here a lot of times. People do need to get out and exercise their right to vote. So that was kind of the highlights. There were many, many more. Um, and like I said, there's been a lot of really interesting things, but I thought those were kind of cool. And uh, George Washington has become an even a bigger hero in my eyes now because he knows how to throw a party. Yeah, I, w- I was kidding about Grover Cleveland, but I really am a Washington fanatic. Yeah, yeah. Well, and as Martha said, it's three o'clock somewhere. So, right. Uh, right. Let, let's be honest, because she used to throw the happy hour at, at three o'clock every day. So Martha Washington, another Every one. day. The Washingtons knew how to party. That's all I'm going to say. These are things that I've learned since listening to this podcast or being on this podcast. So pretty cool. So for our election day focus, I've gone back and researched a story I mentioned on 4th of July. I realized this was a story I didn't know enough about. I said I'd go back. So true to my word, I, I'm coming back to a few things I bet you didn't know about American politics and political figure name. Well, I'm going to save his name. So we're coming back. And one of our favorite segments, I bet you didn't know. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Cliff, explanation, please. Now, how do you know he has one? Five bucks says he does, ten says it's a doozy. All right, this is an all-American story. Going to get us out of the current political time and, and take us back in time to look at a, some, a local election. It's a story of political intrigue, of democracy at its finest and at its worst, of passion, of overcoming the odds, of bloodlust, of a small-town nobody making it big, of un bridled enthusiasm leading to murder and of course a story of beer this my friends is the story of mayor clay henry of lajitas texas and i don't know if you remember that from the fourth of july but mayor clay henry yep was the goat the beer drinking goat that was elected as mayor so to set our scene i'm gonna give you a little background on lajitas texas any any of us on the team been to lajitas texas very close how do you spell that how do you spell that l-a-j 
I-T-A-S. Yes. I've no, been very close. Never been to that one. Okay. Here's a little background. It's a border town, sometimes mentioned as a ghost town in West Texas on the Rio Grande. Very hot, very arid. Average temperatures 100 degrees plus May through September. The bordering months there are in the 90s, and it gets like two and a half, three months in the 70s to 80s. So there you have Lajitas. Yeah, you got to pick your moments to visit, I think. Yes. White that. settlers that arrived in the mid-1800s were, I'm going to put this lightly, encouraged to leave by the Apache and the Comanche. And then mercury was discovered in them, their hills around 1900. So white settlers came back in 1916. A Calvary post was established by the federal government to protect the citizens. I'm, I'm guessing it was to protect the mines, but that's just the cynic in me. And also to protect them from Pancho Villa's raids. The town was purchased by a number of different wealthy Texans throughout history. The population has remained a fairly stable 50 full-time residents. Five zero full-time residents. It has become somewhat of a tourist destination to visit. It's got an RV park, golf course, old western ghost town Main Street, but booming metropolis it is not. So you got our, our scene set? I'm closing my eyes. I feel like I'm there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Put on a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> All it's right. It's a this... little cold right now. I feel like I'm there in the month where it's 70 right now. Yeah. Yeah. I should have told this story in July instead of November. Yeah. This story begins in the mid-1980s when some big city Houstonians, is that how you say it? Houstonians? Yeah, Houston, yeah, yeah. Pretty Houstonians sure. arrived Ooh. in the small town of Lajitas, Texas for a fundraiser at a local museum. I, I looked up the museum. I couldn't find anything on it. I don't know if it still exists. Walter Misher had led the Houston contingent to Lajitas. Misher once owned the town. A freak snowstorm happened. But that's just not something that happens in Lajitas, Texas. But there was a snowstorm and the group had to spend the night. So they... They drank the night away at the local watering hole, then known as the Trading Post. It's now known as the Thirsty Goat Saloon. And Misher decided he wasn't through with Lajitas. And, you know, snowstorms in Lajitas aren't a thing, so this was truly the hand of fate at work here, I think. But there was a mayoral election coming up, and Misher had just the guy in mind to put into that seat of power. His proxy for power even had a perfect political name. This gentleman's name was... Tommy Steele. Ooh, not made up. No, if you're going to run for Canada political office in Texas, can you think of a better, more electable name than Tom Steele? No, I like it. It's very manly. Tommy to his pals, but Tom Steele. The only thing to be better, I think, is if he had a military title like uh, Major Tom Steele. Just Colonel, Colonel Tom Steele. Captain Steele. Captain Tom Steele. Sarge Steele. Yeah, but but that's a perfect name to win an election. Yeah, Texas <laughs> Ranger people background. in the town. Well, who am I going to pick? Tom Steele. Yeah, so Steele won. Pretty much uncontested. He served out his first term as a sort of absentee mayor. But there was a growing problem. Steele was from Houston. Folks from Lajitas weren't fond of big city slickers moving in and taking over. So the town folks decided Steele had to go the next election. To do this, an election challenger was needed. And of course, it would have to be a local it had to be someone popular enough to win. The town folk came together to think of their best, most electable options. Apparently, they didn't have anyone named Jimmy Tough Stuff or Frank Iron or right. <laughs> Major Ass Kick or something <laughs> very <laughs> Texas-y, electably. <laughs> so, but there were three particular locals that stood out. First was the cigar store Wooden Indian from the Trading Post. 
Always a good choice. Yeah, yeah. Second, local ranch dog named Buster. Yep. Was very popular with the masses. Not a tough name, but he's a good candidate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Bill Ivy's, not Bill Ivy, but Bill Ivy's goat, Clay Henry. Better name. Now, I'm not, not sure if this is surprising or not, but none of these candidates had a previous political experience. Oh, I thought the dog did. I read a different story than yours, but yeah, it's okay. Yeah, you're right. It was a small town. You it think one could get on the yeah. school board or something. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Maybe one on the water district or something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah, something like yeah, even that. really popular wooden Indians didn't have a lot yeah. of places to serve, uh, yeah. that do their civic duty. Yeah. Uh, but they were all well-known and well-liked, though, so that they had that going for them, right. which is nice. Additionally, Clay Henry had, he did have a likable trait that the other two didn't have. He had a reputation of being quite a beer drinker. The goat was known to drink 30 to 40 long neck bottles of beer per day. His, his preferred uh, drink, I believe was Lone Star. So just so we that, make sure that is that correct. Well, shout out to Lone Star. <laughs> I think I read that. The, the preferred drink of goats everywhere. Town folks and visitors delighted in buying him a beer and watching him take it in his lips, tip it straight up, chug it down. Now, that doesn't necessarily make a person or you're even a goat a great political candidate, but it doesn't hurt. No, it definitely doesn't. Now, the choice of Clay Henry as a potential candidate wasn't as well thought out as you might expect, listeners. It had its downfalls. It had some weaknesses for sure. Unlike political candidates we are accustomed to, there was no careful polling of the local livestock population in order to find out the one that would best appeal to voters of Lajitas. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a grassroots movement, at least not at first. Bill Ivey, Clay Henry's owner, was a multi-generational Lahitian. I don't know if that's how you say it, Lahitian, Lahitian. Sounds as well, pretty cool. Lahitan. As well as a proud goat owner. And when he heard a Houstonian could be mayor of his beloved town, he exclaimed, if someone from Houston can be mayor of this town, so can my goat. And that was that. Shortcomings be damned. Clay Henry's campaign against the incumbent Tom Steele began. To deal with some of the more problematic aspects of running a goat for mayor, Ivy brought in a friend, Jim Woodward, to be Clay Henry's campaign manager, which did give him a leg up on his competitors. Steele ran on a single platform, getting a snowplow for the town. Apparently, even a couple years later, he still thought snowstorms were going to be an issue. Clay Henry didn't have a platform. The goat didn't have a platform. He just had a slogan. The goat had a slogan. You just have to give a darn. And that was it. The political fight was on. And I couldn't find any notes on the political debates, but I imagine they were really something to watch. They might have even had more coherence than some of the political debates we've seen. Who knows? Letters of support for Clay Henry poured in. Local media and the national media pick up the story. The town agree, all, I guess all 50 of them, on a local poll tax, and they would give the proceeds to a charity. And Steele put up a fight. He wanted to keep his mayoral ship, but he couldn't hold up against the convivial Clay Henry who would spend entire days drinking beers with locals and curious visitors alike. That old political adage, which candidate would you rather have a beer with? There's no, no yeah. question here. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> which candidate would you rather have 40 beers with? I mean, right. let's be honest. This guy was a prolific drinker. This guy. Right. Yeah. He, he could really, he could yeah. put his nose up at, at Obama's beer summit. Like yes. You had a couple beers with someone? No, yeah. no, 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 no. This is all 40, I do. 40 beers. I yeah. got, it's not an evening till I've had 40 beers. Yeah. Well, that adage held true. Clay Henry won in a landslide and Steele had to slink back home to Houston in shame, which might have made for some interesting uh, interviews with the the press or, or trying to explain to friends how you lost to a goat. To a goat. 
alcoholic yeah. goat. But but once you put it out, hey, he can drink 40 beers. Most people go, all right, I get it. Right. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, I didn't know. I see it. I would have voted for the goat too. So <laughs> who'd you lose to? Major ass kick? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, a goat. But he was a beer drink goat. Oh, okay. Oh, makes sense. I mean, yeah. He lost the greatest of all time. That's right. <laughs> oh, the there goat. you are. I didn't think of that. That's excellent. Now, this would be enough to make the story we're sharing over a beer on election day, but it's not over. It worked. Mayor Clay Henry was known for his top hats, his tight-lipped policy beliefs, never sharing his thoughts with anyone, but that did not prevent him from becoming immensely popular. In fact, he turned out not only to be popular, but quite feisty. He kept the beer drinking up, 40 balls of beer a day with anyone who would join him. He was known for headbutting his adversaries yeah. for no reason. He'd just do it. He was a formidable mayor. The town thrived under his gar- governing for about eight years. He also developed a cult following. Tourists were pouring into the city, bringing up revenue. Uh, Willie Nelson visited in his big yep. touring. Ah, right, just to see him. Yeah, I don't know if he smoked pot with Willie Nelson. He probably just drank beers. He probably he stuck. Ate, to- he ate probably the just pot. drank beers. Yeah, I don't think I don't <laughs> he think he's into. Yeah, yeah. Mayor Clay Henry. He never developed manners, though. He'd chug a beer in 10 seconds instead of taking the time to sip it and enjoy the right. company of his benefactor. But it was Lone Star, let's be honest. And Lone Star is best a enjoyed. Porch found- yeah. On 100 in degree days. In 10 seconds. Yeah. He ate hurriedly anything. So you're probably right, Doc. He probably did eat the, the pot. Yeah, he ate yeah. He, he was known for eating cardboard, tin cans, and cigarettes. So a little bit of a Nelson's stash. He ate the leaves, seeds, stems. He ate it all. People Lahita still knew. Even as he's eating 10 cans and drinking 40 beers a day, they knew he was better than anyone from the big city. And he ran the town in such a way for eight years or close to. The ending of Mayor Clay Henry's story is worthy of a Greek tragedy. True. He was killed in a violent love spat and a jealous oh. rage by his own son, Clay Henry Jr. Oh. You didn't see that coming, did you, doctor? Yes. It was mating season. The mayor was going about his daily routine in his office slash pen with his son and other prodigy all along with him. A particularly alluring lady goat needed attending to. Right. And the mayor prepared his schedule to accommodate his constituent. But Clay Henry Jr. had other ideas. Rather, he had the, the exact same idea, but with himself in the seat of power, so to speak. I believe they'd been drinking very heavily that day as well. So, yes. you, yeah, I mean, you can add that to the mix. As it turns out, not surprisingly, both father and son had been drinking heavily that day. Yeah. And feeling his own alpha male oats, Junior rammed his father over and over again to earn the mating rights. And in this drunken, knockdown brawl, son killed father. It's tragic. Wow. Not the way you want to go. No. And I can't help but think of him with a top hat during all of this. Right. And now chewing some of Willie Nelson's stash. <laughs> Junior was cleared of all charges. I'm not sure what that court proceeding looked like. <laughs> uh, he's a goat, your honor. And he was um, horny. Yeah. Oh, a goat and horny? Dismissed. Yeah. <laughs> it was mating season. There were 40 beers involved. Yeah. Dismissed. Dismissed. Junior was later awarded mayorship in 1996. So Clay Henry Jr. becomes mayor. His mayoral reign was shorter, a little less distinguished, well, a lot less distinguished. He died later that same year at the young age of 12. 
His father was stuffed and set up for display in the trading post. You can still visit him. Junior successor, Clay Henry III, who I like to call CH III, CH3. I think that's what his friends call him. Yeah, yeah. Was elected after defeating the wooden Indian who put together another campaign and a dog named uh, Clyde. Clyde. Any relation to Buster? I don't know. Yeah, we're going to have to do some research on that, I think. Yeah, so, okay. CH3 fared no better. In 2002, two years into office, he was the target of a bizarre assassination attempt when a Valverde County man, tired of seeing perfectly good beer, and and by the way, Lone Star, perfectly good beer. Right. Mm, Yeah, tomato, tomato. (laughs) I'm going to say debatable. But tired of seeing perfectly good beer wasted on a goat, slipped into his office pen under covered darkness and castrated CH3. That's rough. That's rough. That is tough. Yeah. Ouch. You can go down to pretty much, when you're in Texas, you can pretty much go to any store and just get Lone Star. I don't know that you have to go castrating equipment. (laughs) I don't think you need to castrate an animal to get Lone Star. You can just kind of go into your local HEB and you can find Lone Star. And I'm guessing there was more to it because listen to this. The perpetrator... His name was Jim Bob Hargrove. Yes, well, his name was Jim, Jim, Bob. Bob. Jim Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. How many Jim Bobs have you known in your life? <laughs> I haven't known many, but all of them I would suspect of of not only castrating goats, but this next odd thing. He sparked the ire of Brewster County residents. He was arrested and charged with animal cruelty when they found the mayor's testicles in his freezer. Oh. oh. You know what? When, when I hear Jim Bob, I just think a sling blade. Like, yeah, mm, mm, mm. that's what I just think. Funny, uh-huh. funny, yeah. funny, mm. funny. funny. Mm-hmm. That's all I think of when I think of Jim Bob. Why the freezer, Jim Bob? <laughs> I don't know. See, that's why I don't think it's about the beer. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of when I was in college. We uh, oh really? Yeah, Santa Barbara. We, <laughs> yeah, it sounds well, like a Santa Barbara story. <laughs> we elected the local guy who lived on the street. We elected him actually. Call him homeless. No, we no, we elected him as our mayor. We voted him in. Oh. He was the mayor. We called him the mayor. We voted him in as the mayor. That's very nice of you guys. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, he fared better than Clay Henry the Third. Yeah. 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 Clay Henry the Third's death was tragic. Yeah. To this day, the office remains vacant. A local county lawman was considering running for the yeah. position of mayor, and he's quoted as saying, "I can't speak with a Texas slang. I would." Well, they call it drawl, but I wish I could for this, but I'll just quote him regular. I was thinking of running for mayor until I heard about the castration. I decided it wasn't worth it if that's how they treated their elected officials down there. Oh. The yeah, I can see the, the like the, you know, when you look at the job description, it's like all the Lone Star you can drink, but <laughs> you might get castrated. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll throw pass. up in a pin, castrations. Yeah, I'll pass, but you get a top hat and yeah. that yeah. also could be a deal breaker too. And anyone that butts you to death during mating season gets off scot free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I like I said, I think that should be law. <laughs> Kids, this has been the story of Mayor's Clay Henry, and now you know. Only now you know the rest of the story. And again, I, I think to reiterate one of the points: if you are ever in the area of Lahita, Texas, you can actually go and they have Clay Henry the first or senior, and he is stuffed, so you can get pictures with him. So put that on your bucket list, people. And then send us a picture and tell him I like beer sent you. Yeah, it's on my bucket list. I'm just saying that. So I'm really kind of projecting that out to everyone else. You know, I went on to a couple websites and looked, and that was, I think that, I think I'm good. I think yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I think I'm good. Well, my problem was, is I, I went to Texas this summer. 
Uh, and I, so I was there when it was like a hundred and some degrees and that's not the time to visit Lajita, Texas. So I'm going to wait. And one time I will go in like, you know, this time of year where it's much cooler, 70 degrees. I'm going to go in the three months at 70 degrees and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to try and run down Clay Henry and get a picture with him All at right. some point. That's, that's on the bucket list. And we're not we're not joining you for it. You notice there was not an overwhelming. Well, I, I, join get you. I get it. Sometimes you have <laughs> to have these you individual journeys that you have to take in your life. And this is one of mine. This is one of my journeys. We're still waiting for election results and we're going to need a few laughs to help us through the process. Doctor, do you have something in store for us? Oh, do I? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Beer Not a Beer, the hoppiest game show in podcast land. I'm your host, Dr. Todd. For those first-timers, here's how the game works. I'm going to name four beers. Three are real beers, and one is not a real beer. This one I thought of while I was thinking of what little bubbles to bubble in on my (laughs) election sheet. (laughs) Anyways. You know, I, I was in. Don't a, they call it hanging Chad? Is that hanging Chad? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I was in a quandary because you know I thought we were in in discussions with Viagra for them to be our sponsor. So I thought I thought Jeff, I thought you said, hey, get a, a beer, not a beer for Erection Day. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, I could see where you get that. Yeah, yeah. So, tomato, tomato. So, I'm back on that. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of had to scramble here, you know, uh, as we were talking. <laughs> I would just up. go with erection. It sounds yeah, much more fun. No, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, go with that. I'll, I'll save that for, for next time. <laughs> okay. You know, I don't know what it is about that. But okay, here we go. Ready? So three are real beers <laughs> and one is not a beer. All right. The first one is fake news ale. Mm. Make beer great again. <laughs> beer number one. <laughs> beer number two. You know, I'm not saying how I voted, but beer number two is Dumb Donald. Don't fight it. Spite it. Beer number two is Dumb Donald. So we had fake news ale, Dumb Donald. Beer number three is friends don't let friends vote Trump. It's a short-fingered stout. All right. And beer number four is Biden time. It's a double IPA. All right, so once again. Wow, this is a tough one. Yeah, here we go. We had fake news ale, dumb Donald, friends don't let friends vote Trump, and Biden time. All right, so here we go. We'll go in a different order. We're going to start with talent. Talent, what do you think? I think this might be one of the hardest ones you've ever done. Ah. (laughs) So I'm going to go with dumb Donald. Dumb Donald. I'm just going to go with that one. I'm going to go with that one. All right. Sound man, Tom, what's your vote? Again, echoing talent. This is a tough one. But I'll go different. I'll say friends don't let friends. Friends don't let friends vote Trump. All right. And Jeff? I'm going to go with the only one that actually sounds like it could be a beer. I don't know the logic behind that. (laughs) I'm going with fake news ale. Fake news ale. Well, here we go. Which is the only one that, to me, sounds like it actually is a beer. So, yeah. People listening at home, here we go. Fake news ale is really a beer by Maverick Brewing Company. They are a Toronto brewery. There we nice. go. Yeah, the Canadians. Yeah. Uh, Dumb Donald, don't fight it, spite it, is actually from Spiteful Brewing Company. Oh, wow. Oh, there okay. you go. 
What kind of beer is that? Do you know? Uh, it's a double IPA. Okay. Key lime oh. double IPA. Ooh, it says, resist the urge. Pop open this key lime double IPA for tenure on a faraway island where dumb Donald doesn't exist. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right. And uh, friends don't let friends vote drunk. Short fingered stout is from Dock Street Brewing Company. Oh. So you stumped us all. Yeah, because uh, I came up with Biden time, the double IPA. <laughs> I like it. So I guess we're going to find out tomorrow if that is going to become a beer. <laughs> That's awesome. Excellent job, as always. Thank you. Yeah, I, had to, I had to scramble. Like I said, I had all these great erection beers. Erection ones, you know. too. So I'm looking forward to the erection beer one. So Well, you know, when, once we ink the Viagra sponsorship, yeah, then yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah, shout out Viagra. But actually, I think we should talk with Cialis too because they're, yeah. they're the up and comer. They yeah. might want, and they have really good commercials too. They have really good commercials because when the moment is right, you want to make sure you have oh, the right. Please button it up. Let's, let's yeah. button it okay. up and oh. finish this off. All right. This has been another edition of Beer or Not a Beer. Join us next time, and we'll know who our president is. <laughs> Take care. Peace. Be good humans. Thank you, doctor. Thank you, listeners, for joining us for some election day facts and, and a little stroll down political memory lane. Keep sharing our podcast with your beer drinking friends. Visit our website, I like beerthepodcast.com. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Spread the word. We'd love to keep chatting, but right now we got to run to our TVs and see what's happening. Thanks for voting, everyone. <laughs>